Welcome to We Wine Podcast. We're your hosts, Maritza and Melinda. And guys, today we have a very special episode uh, continuing on with mental health awareness. Uh, This month, you know, we're focusing on that and we're excited. We have our first guest here with us today. I am not going to introduce her because I really want her to introduce herself. Um, So take it away. Thank you. Um, My name is Priscilla, and it's really a pleasure to be here. I'm really thankful for the opportunity. Thank you for inviting me here. Thanks for being our first guest. Yeah, definitely not the last guest. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's really a pleasure to be here. And I think what you're doing is super important for women. We need to feel a community. We need to feel like we're understood and that what we're going through, other people can relate to. Um, It's just super important. So I'm thankful to be here. And um, I do like talking about mental health because I find when I talk about it, so many people respond. So many people have experiences or know someone or someone in their family has an experience and you share it when you talk about it. And suddenly I myself feel less alone in it, which is cool. So my story starts in about second grade. I started having these bad thoughts, usually thoughts of other people in pain. And I couldn't stop it. I couldn't stop their pain. And they haunted me. These were just sticky thoughts that I could not get out of my head that would come to me uninvited and just stay. And I remember asking my mom, like, how do I get these bad thoughts out of my head? I didn't even want to tell her about them. I just kind of, like, kept them inside me. And um, we didn't have a solution. So I just kind of learned that this was part of who I was, that I had these these thoughts that scared me. Um, And then in high school, I had a great group of friends And I wanted their approval. I wanted to fit in. I wanted to be cool. I wanted to be beautiful. And so I lost weight. First of all, you are beautiful. (laughs) Yes, I just have to say that. Like, you're gorgeous, so. Thank you. Well, as a high schooler, you certainly don't feel that way. You know, you always see the negative. So I wanted to be super skinny, and I I was, but I wanted to be skinnier. Mm. And I wanted to fit into size zero, not a size two. That was, like, the target. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I stopped eating, and um, it got really bad. I lost 20 pounds. I bottomed out at about 90 pounds, five feet. Wow. How old were you? I was 16. Wow. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, um, I lost my period, which is a bad sign, okay. a sign okay. that your body is really starving itself. So it was a long process. Actually, my mom was the one who really walked me through it, and oh, nice. she got me in with a nutritionist. She got me in with a counselor. We developed a food plan. And I, I started to see hope. There was a, a relationship in my family I had to reconcile. She gave me space and time to do that and just really put all the right people in my path. But it was a process. Yeah, I thought well, I would never eat a meal without thinking. But thank God for your calories. mom, too. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes you don't, as a parent, or I know that you know my mom, when I had my eating disorder, she didn't know what Mm -hmm. to do right Mm -hmm. she just switched my pediatrician because she was just like all right he was too soft on her like you don't know and thank god your mom was able to get you the help Mm -hmm. and you know guide you in a nutritionist like that's that's huge that's huge yeah yeah and the nutritionist showed me how many calories i was actually eating what my body needed kind of worked through it scientifically with me so i saw okay you need a thousand calories this is what a thousand calories looks like I'm not going to get fat eating a thousand calories, you know? Mm-hmm. So she really educated me, which was so important. Yeah. And then again, the, the emotional side, the spiritual side, everything together yeah. was wow. part of the solution. 
What do you think was your biggest struggle, like, when you started with the nutritionist? Was, do you, did you feel like you were fighting yourself to get that? I thought that if I started eating, I wouldn't stop. Mm-hmm. I thought that I would just, like, eat everything in sight, and I would just balloon. Mm-hmm. And it, it came down to control. I wanted to be in control of something because there were a number of things in my life that were I was not in control over, and I just wanted something I could control. Okay. And I had this fear that if I started to, like, enjoy food, I would get carried away okay. <laughs> and pig out. So uh, it was really difficult, and especially when the weight started coming back on, which it had to, mm-hmm. just accepting that, yeah. being okay with it. And how long was that period for you? It was a year that I was underweight, severely underweight, and then it was a couple years of like knowing how many calories were in things, fighting it. And honestly, to this day, I still struggle with the mm-hmm. thoughts. Yeah. If I go out to eat a couple times, I gain a pound or two, I immediately want to go back into like diet mode yeah so it's a lifelong struggle but I'm thankful that I, I don't know how many calories I ate today okay. which is a great great yeah, place to be girl. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy food and I try and think of food now as fuel nice nutrition yeah what she, am I putting in she's a beast people this lady works out insane <laughs> like I'm insane and like she can keep up with me Wait, let's put it that way she, she she runs with me we, we, we oh, went for a run okay yeah. so she's well, good I try to keep up yeah I to keep up I need to move closer to yeah. get, like, yes. the good influence yes. from yes. Yes. The, energy. <laughs> the energy. It's in the water. It is. <laughs> yes. So, so then what was the next step? Like, once you were able to come o- overcome that, mm-hmm. the thoughts, right? You yeah. said you had the thoughts. What? Yeah, so those intrusive, uh, uninvited thoughts started off negative, and then, then my thoughts were about food. And then next step, um, I, I started dating someone we really hit it off. He was a bit older than me. Um, we got engaged, and we were about to get married. Mm. And three weeks before the wedding, he got diagnosed with cancer. Wow. Yeah. So it was oral cancer. I thought, like, oh, I can see the tumor. I didn't think it was a big deal. But he had to have surgery right after our wedding, three days after our wedding. He oh, had surgery. Wow. Oh, my gosh. So cancel the, cancel the honeymoon, cancel everything. Like, we're going to surgery. How, how old were you then? I was 20. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's just like. That's tough. That's 20 years old, recently newlywed, Mm -hmm. and now you're dealing with a a life-changing. Oh, yeah. Like, it changes your life forever. This, you know. Okay. So. He had half of his tongue removed in surgery. So for a week, he couldn't talk. Our, you know, first week of marriage, he couldn't talk. Um, I nearly passed out when I saw him. It was so horrific. Oh, did it, his whole face change? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, and he had a massive scar down his neck because the lymph nodes had to be removed. Wow. It was it was crazy, and I had to care for him in the hospital, even though I really didn't know him like, intimately yet. Yeah. You know, we had just gotten married, so it was it was really uh, different for for us. And we took notes in a little. He would take notes, and I would speak back. So I have this notebook to this day oh, wow. of our conversations. Wow. Which is incredible. Um, but I came home from the hospital and I started to feel ill. Like I thought I had mono or a virus or something. I was achy. I was, I had this um, pain in my chest. It was like awful. And I went to the doctor. I'm like, I think I'm really sick. I have something terribly wrong. Please run tests. And he runs all these tests and he's like, you have depression. Oh. And I was like, no, I don't. I'm sick. I have, I have a illness. He's like, no, you have depression and you have anxiety. 
And I did not like to hear that at all because here my husband's going through this massive disease and I think I have a disease and ends up, I have depression and anxiety. To me, I was like, that doesn't make sense. And I was embarrassed and the doctor gave me Zoloft and I, I was like, well, if this is going to help me to care for my husband and to function, mm-hmm. then I'm going to take it. I don't, I don't yeah. see it. I think I have something else going on. I always thought I had an illness. I'm like, this has to be an illness. So, so wow. what, what were some of the symptoms that you were feeling? Achy, very achy. My joints were achy. My muscles were achy. Um, and then this, like, pain in my chest that I just couldn't get rid of. Um, as the summer progressed, I started having trouble swallowing. Oh, wow. Like, food just gets stuck, and then you feel like you're going to choke, and then you it gets worse. It okay. just, like, feeds itself. Um, and then that ball in your throat, and you can't. So I just, I started having major anxiety issues and I didn't really see the link between what we were going through and all of the stress I was under and then what my body was doing. Because I thought I was, I thought I was accepting it. I thought I was like, God, whatever you have in store for us, like I'm good. And, and really my body was saying, this is too much. Yeah. You're under too much stress. I mean, think about it. You were 20, right? mm -hmm. So you weren't even, I mean, you know. We look at our 20, like my daughter will be 20 in four years, and I can't even imagine her having to deal with that. So you yourself are still growing. Yeah. So to have to care for someone, Mm -hmm. and then you yourself still trying to figure out your life. Right. That's a lot. Yeah. I had never lived by myself before, and so now we're, you know, doing the whole home thing. So uh, he had radiation through the summer, and then he was good. And we bought a house, and we're settling in, and we thought that that was all behind us. Then he started getting headaches, and they got worse and worse. Long story short, the cancer had moved to his neck. Oh, man. And we, um, we had surgery, and uh, February 12th, they told me that it had, the cancer had surrounded his carotid artery, and there was nothing more they could do. Oh, wow. So I had to tell his parents. I uh. had to tell him the next day when he became lucid enough to hear it that he was not going to live. Wow. There was nothing more that could be done. Wow. So all of this was having a huge impact on my body. Yeah. Like at a physical level, I was getting migraines. And now you're about 21? I was still 20. 20. Wow. Wow. Within the same year. Yeah. Yeah. That's, wow. Holy. So it was quickly back-to-back surgeries then? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So um, it was crazy. It was really crazy. Um, and, and just like it's eating me up, you know, because I love this man so much. Yeah, and I yeah. wanted us to have a life together. And he was so good for me. I think that that was the hard part is like he was so steady and I was always all over the place. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I need this. Yeah. This is what I need in my life. Yeah. Uh, clearly, he's got to live. And um, he just wanted to, you know, he wanted to be in touch with God during that time. He wanted to strengthen his relationship with God. He was looking at heaven. Oh, He's wow. like, I'm, I'm there. And I was like, I'm, I'm yeah. not. Yeah, and you're like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, there because was. Because it's like he's leaving, so he's preparing. He's and preparing. And you're, like, left with this no. mess. Yeah, yeah. Like, to pick the, up the pieces. To pick up the pieces. Yeah. And your emotions mm-hmm. and your body now rejecting yeah. you holding and bottling everything up yes. because essentially that's what you were doing. Absolutely. You're like, yeah, I'm accepting it, but your body's rejecting it because exactly. you're not accepting it. Exactly. My brain was like in accepting mode. You know, this is this is what's happening. Um, but the body was not. Yeah. It was not yeah. accepting it. And um, he, he ended up um, dying 
at when well, we've been married for 13 months. Interestingly, I'll get back to this a little later, a man from our church was helping take care of him with his mother. So oh, the wow. guy and his mother were helping take care of him. I'll come back to him a little later okay. in the story. <laughs> a little later. A little later. But anyway, um, so right after the funeral, people were super supportive. Nice. A lot of people entered in my life. And then after about six months, it was kind of just me. And everybody had moved on. Yeah. And yeah. I was not what moving happens. on. Yeah. I was not okay. Um, and I had just suppressed everything. I was still in college, so I went back to school. I didn't tell any of my friends that my husband had died. So you just I kept was that in? in such denial I didn't even tell them. Wow. I didn't talk. I just didn't talk. Yeah. And other relationships I would act like everything was okay, totally denying what was going on. Mm. Um, and then I started to date people and, and just get like into this kind of party mode where I just destructive yeah yeah so like a coping it was almost like a coping mechanism totally coping yeah and not thinking about consequences just like whatever I'm gonna do whatever I want I don't care um not a good space and about two years afterwards um this man who had helped Rich uh, Dan his name is Rich yeah um asked to date me we were at the same church and I was like no bro like, yeah <laughs> I'm good I'm you good. don't want to deal yeah, with yeah, me yeah. <laughs> I'm no I'm not really your type anymore and he was like no I do like and I was like no you don't yeah, yeah. <laughs> so three times I was like no okay. then he wrote me this long letter and he's like no I know who you are wow I, I know what you're made of I want to date you yeah yeah you really do know me. You do know what I've been through. So we started dating and got married really, really fast. Um, it was all great. And then I got super depressed again right after we got married. Oh, do you think it was like fear? There was so much fear there yeah. of losing him. I would I would be so afraid of losing him. I also was on birth control, mm-hmm. and that didn't help oh, me at yeah. all. And I think that there was this you know, it was a real marriage. Like, we were going through real life, whereas I had been just on this, like, I don't know, weird cloud nine relationship my first time, and the second time was a normal marriage where you yeah. go through, like, normal stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was very challenging for us to work through things, and I had this depression. Um, and then six months into marriage, I got into a terrible car accident. Oh, wow. Uh, got herniated discs in my neck, a concussion, that didn't help. Like, I didn't realize how much that does to your body. Yeah. So the depression got worse. I had a ectopic pregnancy. Oh, wow. Really? Four months later. So what was that like for your body? Okay. So that, um, I wanted to get pregnant. I was like, maybe we can do something happy in life. <laughs> <laughs> so I got pregnant. I was super excited. Um, and then the there were some complications, and we realized it was ectopic. Okay. And um, I was so devastated. Yeah. Because yeah. I just like I wanted I wanted something good, and I was like, why do all of these bad things keep happening yeah. to me? Yeah. So um, I I just went through the surgery, went through recovery. A couple months passed, and I got pregnant again. Okay. And um, this time. I carried for eight weeks, and I had another miscarriage. Oh, my gosh. So it was like So you guys loss. got to hear the heart and... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was like loss after loss after loss. So so for you at this point, I'm going to ask you a question. Did you feel like, that's it, like, I'm not good enough? 
like that kind of thought. I like, was like, everything is against yeah, me. That's what like, I meant to say. I'm like, the one, I'm the target. Yeah, yeah. Everyone else, my friends were having babies. My friends were having oops babies. And yeah. I was like, yeah. what is wrong? Like, why do I lose everything? Yeah. And, and it was like, just too much loss for yeah. me. Yeah. You know, um, and I started defining myself by my losses. Ooh, wow. I started like thinking about this loss and that loss and those sticky thoughts yeah. started to really spin around my losses. Yeah. You lost this and you lost that and you lost him and you lost the babies and you lost your health with the car accident. And I just, I was constantly in this state of depression. Did you feel like it was like... Mm-hmm. Do you feel like there was like a an inner voice telling you this? Absolutely. Yeah. You're like, we were going to say yeah, that. you're not good enough. You know, yeah. you're you're the like everyone else's lives are great except yours. Mm-hmm. And and like somehow God was against me, mm-hmm. you know, in my mind. Yeah, yeah. Because your bad situations were magnified. Oh yeah. And then you're just focusing on that, so you're yeah. not able to see the good. Like exactly. you met a great mm-hmm. man yeah. after Couldn't another. See that. No. Like you know, yeah. at least you the, your first husband, even though it was short lived, he, he was good for you, yes. right? Yeah. Like, and but so, with the depression, you yeah. only see everything in darks. You see and gray. it as you don't see the color yeah so it was like i felt like i was getting hit wave after wave and i couldn't get up yeah. before another wave hit me mm. instead of seeing yeah. like the beauty yeah. and and the the, the good things yeah. that were also happening to me now were you taking the zoloft at this no point? i oh, had come okay. off of it okay. when i was kind of in my wild year yeah 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 <laughs> you're like i'm good <laughs> i'm like forget this yeah stuff. yeah yeah i'll do my own thing so you got married you had the losses and you had your surgeries um, from the accident. Are you still off the Zoloft? So cause several things have happened since oh, okay. then. Okay. Yeah, okay. the story kind of keeps going. Remember in the shower one day, I was washing my hair, and I was like, you know what? I will not be defined by my losses. I go. will not let this yes. rule my life. I, I do not need to live, say, Priscilla, the depressed person, yeah. the depressed person. Like, you know, I'm not going to let this be my definition anymore. Nice. So I started exercising a lot. I started eating wow. really well. I started um, focusing on other people, helping other people. And I had about 10 really phenomenal years. I was a personal trainer, so I, I had women in my home gym every single day. What, what age was this? This was between about 25 and 33. Okay. About that. Still young, yeah. 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 Super yeah. young. Yeah. My daughter was born when I was 26. Okay. So things started looking up. You know, nice. I, I was really focused on fitness, had a beautiful daughter, had another miscarriage, but then I had another beautiful son and things, I felt like I could control this. Yeah. Like I, I have this, yeah. a lot of positive thoughts, which was huge, yeah. you know, That's and then that schedule of having people always in my house that I loved, um, I, I just, it was a great period of life. So I, when I would get these sticky or anxious thoughts, I would say, oh, that's my anxiety. Let me pray. And I would send up a quick prayer. Mm-hmm. And I would say, that's my anxiety. Let me pray. Yeah. And anxiety started to fade away during that time as I just said, oh, that's my anxiety. I'm just going to send up a prayer. Yeah. Um, and it, it lessened it. And I still use that labeling as one of my coping skills. Oh, that's just good. label it and put it on the shelf. Yeah. Yeah. So that was all very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I... I started working for my father in his air conditioning and heating business, and things were really, really good. 
And I decided to ask him if I could buy it. So I, I uh, approached him, and he was shocked, but very excited. Yeah. And I bought it. And at what age was that now? That was at 30. Okay. Yeah. So um, as soon as we announced the takeover to the staff, I started having trouble sleeping. Mm. I was like, this is stressful. This is stressful. And I just couldn't sleep. And I would think of ideas, and I would think of things I wanted to do, and then I would think of the risks, and I would think of... Like, what if I lost everything? What if I messed up and, you know, went bankrupt and lost the house? And, and I just couldn't sleep. It just so it's like a mental warfare in your mm-hmm. head. Wow. All the time. And those sticky thoughts that I had since I was a kid yeah. were stuck in my head again. Mm. And I could not get these thoughts out of my head. It was like I had a husband. I had children. I had my fitness. And I could not stop thinking about work. It's mm. work 24-7 wow. yeah. all the time. So this went on for several years where my sleep was really, really bad. And you've, at this point, the several years, you've already taken over your dad's business. Yes. Okay. Yes. For about three years of running it, um, this was happening. And um, so we moved out to the to the country, I call yeah, it, right? It, where is, we live. it is the country, guys. We were bears, okay? You know, I stopped <laughs> teaching my exercise classes, stopped having the women in all the time, and I lost a lot of my support, and I had my work struggles. I was still not sleeping. And honestly, I had a, a, like a mental breakdown. And I did some really stupid things. Um, and just, I like literally just couldn't sleep. So uh, when it hit me, what I was acting like, what I was doing, I was so upset with myself. I was like, I can't believe I've acted this way. I looked at my family. I had no marriage. I hardly knew my children. Mm-hmm. I had a business that was doing okay, but not great. And I, I saw like some really poor decisions I had just made. Mm-hmm. Like, what is going on? And I plunged into a deep depression. Oh, yeah. Because I looked at my life and I was like, what have I been doing? And what have I become? Like, I'm, I'm a, like hollow, you know, yeah. it's all work. You felt, you felt numb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, during this time, I also found out I was pregnant with our third so that contributed a lot, the pregnancy, to my depression. Um, and I, I didn't realize how bad the hormones were getting, you know, yeah. and the lack of sleep for so long. I still couldn't sleep. This is a theme during this year when I was 34 is no sleep, wow. just no sleep. So I had the baby. I was still in a really bad, really bad space, mentally, spiritually, physically, not sleeping. And then postpartum depression hit. Oh, wow. And I uh, I got really <laughs> upset and thought I was going to hurt my kids. I, I won't, suicidal thoughts were, were yeah. there. I don't like to talk about that because of some spaces people are in, yeah. but it was a problem. Yeah. And I ran into these woods. <laughs> I was like, I need to get away. Yeah. And my husband found me, and he's like, you need help. We have to get you help. There is something going on in your brain. Yeah. And my family said it, too. They're like, there's something. It's a chemical yeah. imbalance. There is a it chemical is. imbalance yeah. in your brain. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I can I can work through this like the last time. Like yeah. I, I helped myself the last time. I can do it. I, I can get over this. Did you feel like it was like pride a little bit? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and it's hard. Yeah. Like it was pride, but it's also really hard yeah. to admit that there's something wrong because we think our brains, we should be able to 
control that. Yeah. Yeah. We should just be able to and, think and the right thoughts. And you're a strong woman. Like, yeah. you really are. You know, like, you guys see her. She's she's fit. She's strong. So, like, for herself, I, I think it was, like, probably you looking at yourself in the mirror, like, no, you got this. Yeah. I had, like, 15 employees at work. I could not just fall apart. Yeah. I had yeah. to be strong for a lot of other people. And then you're leading. You feel like you're a leader, right? Because mm-hmm. this is your 15 employees. You're their leader, like, essentially, right? And then if you fall apart then you they're, you're not worthy of that like, right exactly yeah. i had this fear that they would see that i'd fallen mm-hmm. apart at yeah. home i was a disaster at work i wore nice outfits i held myself together you know put this whole facade on no one would ever guess you're trying crazy. to do like an illusion oh yeah yeah and that's what my life was it was a series of like building facades of mm-hmm. what i wanted to be you know i remember um your Sergeant Major, Sergeant Major, you call yeah. her. One time, um, she commented like, "Oh, you look so beautiful, and you would never see that." Because I think I was crying, and yeah. we were talking about something that was going on, and she was like, "You would never tell, yeah. never tell, yeah, never tell." And that was my whole theme: is like, you just don't share, you yeah. just don't yeah. tell it, you just smile, act like everything is fine. Meanwhile, Why do you think that it, it, like, not only do you think that it's just that that's the way you were brought up, or just more because you don't want to fall, like, for people? Why? I is, think it comes down to, like, I don't want other people to know that. I, I want to be this person who has it all together, yeah. who's yeah. smart, creative, and I want people to see that. I don't yeah. want them to see that I'm falling apart or, like, what's really going on in my brain. Yeah. yeah. Do you think it was fear of, like, judgment? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you if you knew the obsessive thoughts I had in my brain, you wouldn't like me. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, you're weird. Because yeah. you, you think these obsessive thoughts. So we went to a couple doctors, and one woman was like, mm-hmm, all right, I'm prescribing all these drugs, and hardly even talked to oh, me. No. Just, like, yeah. prescribe drugs, here you go. And another doctor, same thing, prescribed drugs, here you go, let me know if you have an issue. Wow. I mean, I, I went to four doctors, they all said bipolar, yeah. which was really hard for me to hear. Yep. But the last doctor said, I'm not going to tell you right away what I think you have, I want to talk to you again. Nice. And said, I want to talk to you and Rich. Yeah. And the third time she said, I think you have some bipolar tendencies, mm. we're going to start a medication, but I want to do medication with some counseling. Nice. She's an amazing right. doctor, and she was willing to do both. Nice. I think this is this key. is key, yeah, right, huge. to our listeners because yeah. I think I we mentioned it last episode or, yeah. or one of the episodes. The key, like, you don't have to just settle with the first counselor. Exactly. You don't mm-hmm. have to the first therapist, the no. first yeah. psychiatrist, whatever it is that you're going to seek help. You don't have to settle for the first one yeah. because as you see now here with priscilla yeah. she went to four other people before she found mm-hmm. your current one yeah. that has helped her and you have to find what works for you yeah. and your family Absolutely. and that is something it's that key. it's huge yeah. and i think what what you pointed on right people like to give medication and not even go to the root of mm-hmm. everything exactly. so the fact that you found someone that was like, I'm not going to prescribe. I want to meet with you more. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I mean, yeah. that's amazing. That's what I, I think really, people need. I really feel like that was a godsend for Amen. me. Yeah, I, I really do. It was like, that is the key, is is holding both things. Mm-hmm. We have what's going on 
you know, chemically in your brain, but we also have your past and your trauma and the experiences you've been through. And they're, they're both working here. So for her to say, you know, we'll start with medication to get you regulated enough so that you can do the work. Good. Yeah. That was crucial. Yeah. We needed to we needed to bring some of all this emotion down yeah. to a level where we could talk and yeah. I could do the skills. And it, it's interesting because at first I still had the sticky thoughts. Yeah. I had yeah. so many intrusive thoughts. And I told her, like, I'm doing better with my emotions, with the ups and downs, but I have these thoughts. Mm. So we changed the medication and literally the thoughts just kind of stopped. Wow. It was incredible. I would have a thought, and I would be able to dismiss it. Wow. Like, oh, I didn't want that thought. That's You're not good. invited. Good. I would make jokes at it and be like, oh, there you go again. Come and buy to visit. Yeah, yeah. I don't want you <laughs> yeah, off. But I couldn't you. do that before. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was not able to control them before. Yeah. Up the medication a little bit, tweak it, and I could shelf them. Nice. Shelf them. So it's just been an incredible journey for me. But getting to the point where I found you know, the combination of, of the, uh, the medication with the support, the counseling, yeah. I got into a really, really supportive church, found Good. some wonderful Good. people who I could talk to and nice. share with and get that support. The combination. The support it's is crucial. crucial. Yeah. It, it, I think it helps with your healing because I think mm-hmm. what your therapist was trying to get to is, right, to do the work was to actually – I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, force you to go back in order to Oh, heal. yeah. And yeah. then, including right. your husband. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, also that's, another thing. Because key. he's also seeing it from the outside. Yeah. So she has to understand what he's seeing yes. that you're not telling her. Yes. Yeah. And that's an amazing therapist. Like, yeah, I know. Because really to do that and then tweak the medication as well. Because, yeah, although, like, yes, medication, no medication would be great or... Just medicate them would be if some people might find that great too. Yeah. But it's just finding what works for you mm-hmm. and being able to adjust it because heavily medicated people that's where other numb. problems yeah yeah lie and yeah. It, your doctor realizing and acknowledging that and taking the time yeah is speaks volumes yeah. because and I think it's it's crucial to you because I feel like you know I think a couple maybe like a year ago. Right, how old is your baby right now? He's two. Yeah, so two years ago, I think you and I sat and talked, and I really do see joy Mm -hmm. in your face, and I, I really, I applaud you. Mm -hmm. You know, I I do, I do think that what you're doing is working. Mm -hmm. I do think that you're starting to heal. I think before maybe you put band aids. Oh yeah, yeah, so a lot of band aids. Putting in the work. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for you, for your family, you have now what three kids? Three. Three. She's on my my train. Three kids. (laughs) We're in zone defense these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I definitely um, think that the the counseling part was huge. The going back to the past, talking through the things that had happened, talking through that time that I was manic and what I did, and like. Dealing with the guilt that I was feeling because the guilt was leading to depression and then yeah. depression is leading to guilt. And it was like this vicious cycle. Yeah. And I needed to just let it go. Be like, it's okay. I'm not defined by my performance. That's right. That's not de- what defines me. I, so I made a mistake. So I, I put it away. Nice. It's like, we're done with that. We've moved on. And going through those processes was so important for me. Um, in the community, the whole getting back into exercise doing what I love, the whole combination of things yeah. was yeah. so crucial. Yeah. 
And I don't know what day-to-day is going to you know, hold. I don't yeah. know what the next thing is going to be. But I'm really thankful because you know, I, I've embraced who I am as having this bipolar, having this OCD, and the certain things that actually come from it that are, that are good. Yeah. So I get a lot of ideas. Yeah. A ton of ideas. Yeah. <laughs> super creative. I had this idea of my husband starting a business, and his business is going super well. Nice. Wow. He owns his own garden center. We have this amazing kids' play area there. Yeah. I've got ideas. We've got a petting zoo. All of these ideas came to fruition. Nice. And then in my business, I was able to um, delegate, hire nice. certain people, delegate their day-to-day responsibilities. And the business is growing amazingly well. Do you feel about you delegating that stress for you that you were feeling now? It's less. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've got other people who are handling the financial, the day-to-day operations, and they're doing a way better job than I could do by myself. (laughs) Because when we're in that controlling, like, owner thing, we think we want to do everything. It's a poor business model. But absolutely, because at the end of the day, you have to play on your strengths. Yes. And yes. and play another employee strength. Absolutely. And we there's a reason a company has many different employees and yeah. many different yeah. departments is because you're playing on those strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's amazing because yeah. now your business is booming. Mm-hmm. It's doing well, and then your husband was able to start his. Yes. Yeah. With so, your creative ideas. Yeah, so tell yeah. Us more, a little bit about that, um, the creative ideas that come. Yeah. So um, let's see. In my business, I, I decided I wanted, I really focus a lot on training. So I started okay. an apprenticeship program. Oh, wow. So I hire young guys to train them and women, young men and women. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Train them, get them out in the field, get them using their skills. Um, so the creativity has really done a lot for my business what what's the name of your business worthing air what is it again worthing air worthing air yes okay. hvac contractors okay. so we have to spell it out later and then we'll yes. do like socials and everything yes. so yes. then everybody can look Follow. you guys yeah. up yeah 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 and my husband's business is grower's choice okay so beautiful garden center he's always done amazing work as as a grower and we got this opportunity to buy a functioning greenhouse and garden center. And I was like, babe, you got to go for this. Like, this is your dream come true. Yeah. So he's living his best life. And I love it. I love seeing him do that. I almost like the name because with your story, right, Grower's Choice, it's almost like, right, you're you're choosing to grow. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I love it. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We love a twist on words here. (laughs) Rewind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So it's been it's been such an interesting journey, and the, I think you know the hardest things I've gone through, whether it be losing my husband, the miscarriages, the the mental breakdown, they've all led to amazing things happening yeah. after that. Yeah. You know, and That's you would never great. choose it. Yeah, like who? No one would choose to be a widow at twenty one. No, you don't I choose know. that. No. So let me ask you this: for anybody listening maybe feels that pride, who's afraid to speak about it, who's struggling right now with anything that you spoke about, what would be your, like, words to them and to inspire them to not be afraid, like, to be able to talk? I would find someone safe Mm -hmm. to start with. And I've done this with my husband in the past. Um, I've told him, I'm going to tell you something. I do not want you to fix me. 
I want you to say, wow, I can see how that was really hard for you. That's good. Find someone, tell them their, your story, and, and let them say, wow, yeah, I can see how that was hard for you. Yeah. And really take the time to have someone sympathize mm-hmm. and let them like unload it. Or Maybe not all at one time. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's over time. But talk about it with someone who who just listens. Yeah. I, I like what you said that you say to them, I don't want you to fix me. Don't fix it. Yeah. Don't tell me, well, you just have to do this and yeah. that and that. Like, no, I don't tell me what I have to do yeah. at this moment. Yeah. Maybe we can get to that down the road. Yeah. But just for this listen. conversation, just listen. That's great. I think that that's great is, advice. That's I mean yeah. that's amazing advice because you're right. A lot of people when you come to them, they're already, their mind is like, well, what can I do to help? Oh, yeah. We're just made that way. Yeah. It's like <laughs> what we do. We just want to fix it, which is a great, it's it's great that we want to help. Yeah. But that first stage, I think, of recovering from it and dealing with it is to just acknowledge. Yeah. Do you feel like when you speak, like a piece of you, whatever is still heavy, gets lifted? Definitely. Yeah. Although you'll find certain people don't respond well. Mm. So, you know, I tell part of my story and someone will say, well, life is full of hard things. Oh. And, you're like, and, and you know, that, that that may also be from them. Like, I, I don't want to say it like this, but it could be them, like, looking at you like, well, how did she do that? And I'm still dealing with this. Yeah. You understand? Like, this, it's not even, it's a reflection in the sense of that moment, that comment wasn't about you. It's something they're dealing with. Right. Right. You know? So, so certain times you share and you don't get the reaction that you want or mm-hmm. people just don't know what to say or... Yeah. I mean, I've had people kind of judge me like, well, are you, are you trusting God? It's like, whoa, I, yeah, I am, but this is hard. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can be trusting God and be, a, be at peace, but yet also be struggling struggling yeah. at the same time. Yeah. So that reaction it's is... It's like an insult to your, <laughs> yeah, your faith and, yeah. and like, yeah. what, because I'm going through this, I don't believe in God enough, yeah. you right. know, it's... And then that, that causes more pain because it comes back to my performance. Like, I'm not performing well enough. Yeah. I'm not trusting enough. And, yeah. Well, you know, so it I'm guarded in who I talk to about yeah. it. Yeah. I try yeah. to make sure that I'm ready and that person's ready yeah. to hear me. Yeah. And I think what, what you have to, like, in your mind just say, like, you know what? Like, who are you to judge me? Mm-hmm. Right? Because at the end of the day, right, God's the only one that judges us. Right. And he chose you. He knew the path for you. Your story was already written. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, you're a runner, right? So it's like a marathon. Yeah. You're yeah, still running really that is. race. I'm still you know? running. Yeah. You still keep going. <laughs> it's it. Because that medal's there, you know? And I yep. think that's that's key, right? So, like, when people say that to you about your faith, like, I really am going to pray for you that that never destroys you because yeah. you are a very strong, godly woman. You are an overcomer. Yes. Yes. You you have Faithful literally, word. yes, you, you know, the enemy, I think from a young age, the way I see it, I'm going to tell you is from a young age, he was trying to knock you out because he's so afraid of what God's going to do in your life. Mm-hmm. So he's trying mm-hmm. to stop it any way possible. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you're shutting him down is getting yeah. him more mad, which is why he keeps coming after you, yeah. which yeah. means that you're getting closer to what God has for mm-hmm. you. So I think it's beautiful. I, I, I'm excited to see the continuation, what yes. God's going to continue to write in your story and the blessings that are going to come yeah. and the many lives, you know, because the way I see it, it's uh, your test has now become a testimony to many people listening mm-hmm. right now. And, you know, I, I mean, you know me pretty good. Like I, I see challenges as God's pushing you. Yeah. 
He's pushing yeah. you to where he wants you, and the devil's so scared he's trying to hold you by your ankles. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. It's so true. It's hard to open up, and it's hard to share about this, but I also see, like, so much good coming from oh, it. yeah. And so many people who can relate to it. Sometimes I wish we could just like have a show of hands. Like, yeah. you know, close your eyes, show hands. Okay. Yeah, 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 95% yeah. of us struggle in one way, shape, or form. Correct. It's not the same for everybody, but we all have our different struggles. Or a close family member has it. Yeah. That's one thing I love to talk about at some point is as a fam, you know, when your family's going through this, what's it like? Yeah. And just, just the struggles that we face when we watch someone else in our family go through mm-hmm. it and how to help. Yeah. My husband and I have actually written about that together. Oh, that's Which nice. Cool. That's yeah. really, really good. Cool. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And you're right, because, like, you're going through it, but the people that love you, they're seeing you go through it. Mm-hmm. And for them, it's like how you said, right, they want to help, but they don't know how to help. They don't know how to help. And it, and then you're at the same time, you're saying, I don't want your help. Right. I want to try to figure this out. Yes. You know, but the <laughs> fact that in your story, right, your husband and your family was like, let us help you get the help you yes. need. Mm-hmm. That was the key. Like, yeah. they weren't trying to help you. They were saying, let us help you get there. Yes. And yeah. that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my husband went through a lot during that time. And just the realization that there were things going on in me that he couldn't fix. And that required medical intervention was a huge step for him yeah. to see, okay, she has a problem that yeah. I can't fix. Yeah. I'm going to bring her to the doctor and overcoming his fear. Mm-hmm. Of, of that label. Yeah. You know, he didn't want me labeled as bipolar. Yeah. yeah. But he saw this is what she has. Yeah. He saw the OCD. Yeah. He totally, totally saw that. And it, it was really healing for him, too, yeah. to, to see my journey, see where I am now. Um, he's still, he's great. He, yeah. He'll tell me, it's our OCD moment. But I need that. I love it. And yeah. we're in such a safer space now for us to have the conversations. Yeah. Um, and he understands now. And, and you know, if you have a loved one who's struggling with with this, with depression, with bipolar, anxiety, there is hope for them. Yes. Yeah. That's so important. Yeah. You know, I think so we important. need to talk about it more and, you know, um, talk to our kids, ask them how they're feeling yeah. as well. Because when your mom originally, when she saw it, like, losing all that weight or you know or those signs and she was able to get you help is also key because our we have daughters yeah um mm-hmm. and you know our daughters go into high school i think high school even middle school is a tough yeah. age for oh, yeah. these kids yeah. and mm-hmm. trying to figure out who they are and early intervention yeah like mm-hmm. you know um being able to help them and even if we don't understand them or, you know, we didn't go through the yeah, same things yeah. because we face a lot more with, with, with our kids. Yeah. And, and I think your family did an amazing job yeah. too, to yeah, help kudos you. To your parents. Yeah. They did. Kudos they did. I mean, and one thing I want to point out, right. How you're saying to talk to the younger generations, it's crucial, right? Because I think in your story, you said you were afraid to share. Oh yeah. Because you were like, well, what, what would my parents think? 
And so I think that's why for us as moms, right? Like, I think it's our job to ask our kids. Absolutely. Like, are you okay? You can say anything. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Like, just share with me. Yes. Because that, that that's true, right? A kid almost kind of like buckles a little bit and is like, well, I'm supposed to be a certain way for mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not that way, then they're not going to like me either. Yeah. And that becomes a fear for these yeah. kids, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's crucial, like talking to our kids. That's, that's amazing. Your parents did start yeah. noticing and they yes. kind of made you feel safe, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that's amazing. Too. Yeah. 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 It's such a difference. You know, your kid walks into the room, obviously moody or frustrated or whatever. And the first reaction we have is we want to say, change your attitude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> change your attitude. Guilty yeah. 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 Guilty I, I am too. Yeah. <laughs> and I realize so often the better reaction is, honey, what's bothering you? Yeah. yeah. Yep. And get to that. Get yeah. to what's bothering yeah. them. Yeah. And, and help them Help them to have words. Yeah, exactly. We need words. Yes. We need to be able to define what it is that's bothering us. So Mm -hmm. just as parents, if we could just, you know, change our mindset from from coming out with, (laughs) (laughs) you know, guns blazing, (laughs) changing your attitude because it's killing me. No, what's bothering you? Take that moment to share. Yeah. And that makes a huge difference to the atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it really you know? does. And it's different generations, right? Because I think we were all raised in that, like, it's because I said so. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That mentality, like, I don't want to hear it. I spoke. That's it. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, oh. <laughs> so now it's our job to change that, like, yeah. break those chains, you know? Sometimes and... sometimes it's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. When it comes to chores, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. But, you know, um, we want everybody to be able to find your businesses. Yes. We want, we're so excited for what you've overcome and your story. Yeah. And we appreciate you being with us here. I appreciate but, you sharing. Yes. Yeah, like, honestly, like, I think I know bits and pieces, but to hear your story full today, I'm very, very proud of you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I really am. Like, and, it, you know, hey, guys, if you're in the Jersey area and mm-hmm. you need your air conditioner heating, right? It's, yep. that, time, it's that time of year. It's so. that time of year here in Jersey. Um, where can they? Yeah, you can find us at www.worthingair.com. Okay. Um, we're also on Instagram and Facebook, Worthing Air. Can you spell that for people? Yeah. W-O-R-T-H-I-N-G. A-I-R. Okay. We're going to put it in our descriptions <laughs> yes, as well. For this um, yes. And then um, your husband's business, I guess. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you I know. Yeah. Um, we're, we're very entrepreneurial, my family. <laughs> yeah. We're a little crazy sometimes, but he's Grower's Choice. Yes. Grower's Choice. Grower's Choice. Okay. Yeah. And we're located, we have a physical location up here in West Milford. Come by any time, especially yeah. if you have kids. Yeah. Love to have people come even just to play in yeah. our play area. Like, nice. I already told my brother. My niece yeah. and my nephews are bringing them there, just so you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. We've got a cool play area for kids. Yeah. Awesome. Um, it's been very therapeutic for me to create it. That's good. So, yeah. I, honestly, I really, really am proud of you. I'm proud of the steps you've taken. Um, I really do hope, guys, that her story has motivated you has given you strength in the moments that you feel weak. And, you know, key to it is just recognizing it and not being afraid to speak, mm-hmm. I think, right? Yeah. So we want to say thank you for coming on our show. My pleasure. Thank you. And we appreciate you. And guys, again, please make sure to follow, like, and subscribe. 
So you can listen to us on the podcast app, Anchor, and Spotify. Please um, be sure to read everything in the description box. We're going to put everything for Grower's Choice. Um, And thank you for joining us another week. Yes. So look forward to speaking to you guys more. Bye.